Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus Three presented as ever by Omaha, Peyton, Eli, and the rest of football fans swooning over the release. It's now reality. There is going to be pro football action in autumn of 23, and we now know exactly when which teams are going to play which other teams on Sundays and Mondays and Thursday nights and Black Fridays and Saturdays late, so on and so forth. That's exciting. NBA playoffs are intriguing, though probably a point of sorrow for our pal Kevin Hench when he takes his breaks from walking that picket line, fighting one for the proletariat out there for the Hollywood writers against the man. We love seeing him out there. Uh, Cousin Sal, a bunch of other people, a lot of our pals out there. Baseball is rolling on. The puck continues to go. The Edmonton Oilers fighting for the soul of the NHL, the future the relevance goes through the roof. Eddie Spaghetti don't like it. His team's out. And as a result, Gerard Gallant was shown the door. Will the loser of the Sixers and Celtics series fire their coach? I think you can make a pretty strong case. That's the way it's going to go. Let's talk about all of it, including Eddie Spaghetti's 31st birthday, his Igor Shesterkin birthday, just celebrated with Spaghetti behind the glass and He's taking a break from that picket line, and he's returned briefly to his manse looking out over Hollywood. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Big game six at the time of this recording, eh? Uh, the, uh, the Celts about to take on the Sixers. Should we talk about that now, Hench, or should we push it to the back? Because by the time people are listening, we'll already know the result. Um, I mean, look, the, re- the result for me is just I'm so tired from these hockey and basketball playoffs as you know i'm just beaten into submission i'm so Mm -hmm. sad you know it's like i think we've all realized you know like with baseball like the computer can kind of coach manage these teams like there there is an algorithm right you know you play these guys these minutes and then you play these guys these minutes and you know it's like there's very little for a coach to do um but as little as there is for an NBA coach to do, Joe Missoula manages to do less. Hey, there's mm-hmm. almost nothing to do, but you couldn't do that part. And so, I mean, look, you know, we we're talking before we came on. Joe Missoula doesn't want to call timeout because he doesn't want the camera and the microphone and the timeout uh, showing five guys not listening to him. When Jalen Brown said, I want to cover James Harden, Joe Missoula said, ask Marcus. Like he's terrified of Marcus Smart. And it's like, hey, uh, did you make a mistake by not calling timeout either opportunity at the end of game four? I don't know. Let me ask Marcus. Like, why? Well, I, I don't like it's, it's so sad and pathetic. And, you know, I've I've had jobs that I was definitely not up to. And it's embarrassing, you know, and, and you have to get your sea legs under you. But you really can't get your sea legs onto you under you while you're squandering another year of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's prime, where the Celtics just went with no coach. We'll just I, go. I mean, that. we'll go with the coach, uh, the assistant coach of the Maine Lobster Claws, as our head coach of a fran, you know, a marquee franchise. Like it's so insane. It's so irresponsible. It, you know. And anyway, I'm sick to death about it. 
Um, I don't know why the Sixers are plus 120. They've had the two best players in the series, and they're, oh, no, the shot clock's winding down, desperation shot is Embiid shooting a 16-footer. Like, it's not a bad – it's never a bad shot. Like, and and the Celtics, you know, get the uh, Jason Tatum flail to the basket, left-handed heave that never goes in. Um, anyway, I, I'm I'm sick to death about my Boston sports. Uh, I don't blame you, but at least, hey, you get to celebrate the returning hero in week one. Tom Brady's making an appearance in Foxborough. That, of course, preceding his week two – return to Foxborough wearing the turquoise and orange of the Miami Dolphins. Okay, that probably won't happen. But we did talk to Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. Move the Sticks, on the most recent Minus 3. We appreciate you going back and listening to that one. We're on a real roll here because we had Daniel Jeremiah, great, uh, pretty, pretty comprehensive review of what we just saw, what it means for the upcoming season, whose rosters look strong, all of that with him. Then before that... Hench, me, and Spaghetti talked to one Wade Boggs. That was a really fun conversation. And then before that, we had our old pal Ike Taylor on the show talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers and AFC North. Do us a favor. Drop us a line at minus three pod on Twitter. Let us know. I love bouncing off you guys here and what you think about uh, the conversations we have. Who's right? Who's wrong? DJ Daniel Jeremiah weighed in on could Patrick Mahomes take every NFL team to the playoffs. I'm going to stand by my original position. He could not take every team, but okay. Daniel Jeremiah is his own man. He had his thoughts on that one. I think about with these NBA playoffs though, before we get into our goat and goats and our best bets, I think that, um, you know, I, I talk a lot about, I diminish Florida sports. I don't know why spaghetti gets into a fight with me about why I'm a weirdo. Cause I don't, care about Tampa sports. I think the series matter less when they involve Tampa versus like Philly or Boston, because these are diehard sports towns. And it is, I was thinking about it, watching game four in Boston. I'm pretty objective about who wins that Sixers Celtics shout out to my old man rooting hard for Boston. But um, I know Philly fans, whatever. I think the atmosphere going into game five, I mean, into into this one tonight is is going to be just a where were you kind of moment. If the Sixers vanquish the favored Celtics, I mean, it's supposed to win the title going into the playoffs. If they vanquish them and then move on to presumably the Heat, maybe the Knickerbockers, the, the Sixers either way will be favored in that one. So they could really get to the finals. And as I always talk about journey over destination and all that, it matters more. The stakes are greater. When you're playing another fan base and another diehard sports town, it hurts your feelings way worse when your team puts out a dud like the Celtics did in front of Boston fans the other night. And as I said on Extra Points earlier this week, I kind of felt like somebody got uh, it was like being at a party and the hosts, the host and hostess got into a, an ugly argument. And it's like, ooh, should we leave? You know, it's like it was like, do you remember like at the, about the the 19 minute mark of Family Ties uh, episode? You remember that was a TV show before yeah. you lived spaghetti. They would always conjure this like this this verbal conflict between two of the family members. And it would always be in public. And then all the 
surrounding extras would have to shrink away and then they would go back home to the kitchen to resolve to settle all the hash. That's how I felt watching the Celtics interact with their fans or rather the fans interact with the Celtics. It was very uncomfortable. And a lot of it has to do with it's embarrassing in front of the guests who are Philadelphian. If it's in front of Tampa people, you're like, ah, they don't really know what's going on. But this is embarrassing because this is your peer group, right? I mean, uh, you went all the way back to uh, Meredith Baxter, Bernie. Right. I thought you were going to say Tom and Shiv on the balcony on succession on Sunday, uh, (laughs) having it out. Heather was like, can people hear them through the glass? Like it was pretty, pretty rough. Um, So yeah, the, the Celtics last 16 home playoff games, by the way, when I gave out warriors in six last year around this time to win the title against the Celtics, it was because Usually you don't pick the number of games where the team has to lose at home for that number to be right. So, but the Celtics suck at home. They're seven and nine in their last 16 home playoff games. They, they lost, they've lost two out of three in this series. They lost two out of three to the Warriors in the finals. They lost two out of three to the heat in the, in the conference finals. They lost two of four to the bucks. Like, they lose two home playoff games every series. Uh, they've already done that this year. Um, so it's bizarre. They're five hundred. The the fans not these quite, playoffs not quite seven and nine in their last sixteen at home. Um, so the fans <laughs> have every right to be restless. I'm not. I'm not saying you you don't be. It's uncomfortable to watch though. It's what it proves is the curse is supposed to when that home court becomes disadvantageous because it's like okay. We got the seats back at home. All right. We should have won that overtime game. Now it's time to reclaim this series. Like, oh my God, we're down 20 points to these guys. It, I, it, it makes you red in the face as a fan. I generally agree with the curse of Sposta, but that would require them to care. Like you're not, you don't feel pressure that you're supposed to win. If you don't give a flying F whether you win or not. I mean, the listlessness, the jogging, the half, the leaving the best shooter open, the not really knowing what the plan is, the 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 just the always kind of going three quarters. Like last year's Celtic team, and even going back to Brad Stevens, like they could defend, like they could shut you down for 22 seconds and you would take a bad shot. I mean, they they would give up. They would hold teams to 87 points. These guys, it's same guys, same guys. That's what I was just going to say. The only thing that's changed is the head coach. Not only thing, obviously, Brogdon's in there. But really, what is the, I mean, this is, as you say, prime, you know, Celtics, you know, a lot of people wagered on the Celtics. I, you know, not just because it, because uh, you are from Boston, were you behind the Celtics and believing in them? A lot of people thought this was going to be the Celtics year, especially once the Bucks were eliminated. You figure, boy, what's nothing's going to get in Boston's way before the finals, right? I'm stunned by this as far as that goes. So I think you got to get rid of Missoula, but let's keep in mind at the time of this recording, we don't know what happened in Philadelphia on Thursday night, but let's say that the Sixers blow this series. Same goes for Doc Rivers. You can't bring him back next year if he's the coach. And then I keep thinking about in the West, 
this series going on between Golden State and the Lakers, which people decided a couple of days ago, well, the Lakers are going to win this and this is the end of the dynasty. But are we looking at the end of LeBron being as relevant as he is to the NBA? This doesn't go on forever. He's 38 years old and is and is the, you know, if not AD, he is the key figure for the Lakers. That can't continue forever. Or are the dubs about to blow it up here? Because Whoever wins that one's going to have a shot. Oh, I also have to point this one out. The other thing is, I maybe I should save this for my GOAT of the week. I, I mentioned it again on Extra Points, but I have to say it to you guys. The Nuggets we know are going to win Game 7, even if they lose Game 6. Why? Because it will be mentioned, as it always is, and I think it's a fair thing to point out, as we've discussed on the show, Denver team should always win if, in fact, this mile-high thing in the thin air is as relevant as it's pointed out every single game in any sport. We always hear about, like, huh, playing at altitude is tough. I mean, you're going to get gassed if you're KD out there. Like, then you should then, – then Denver teams should win a lot more titles than they win, shouldn't they? That's a, such a huge advantage, you would think, in a playoff game that you have that. So I think we know the Nuggets are going to win that series. I don't know what's going to happen uh, beyond that. But, you know, I also can make a case that Lakers or Dubs, whoever survives that series, is gonna has a great chance at winding up in the finals once again. It's all the, the stakes for whatever reason. You know, I badmouth these playoffs in the NHL, but also the NBA, eight seeds. I don't love it when eight seeds, you know, get real deep and all that and individual games feel like coin flips like we've talked about. But all of a sudden, it feels to me like huge legacies are on the line in the next handful of days in the NBA. I mean, really, the way we perceive Draymond Green and LeBron James and Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid and James Harden, like all really going to come down to the next, you know, 48 minutes or, you know, a couple of games. Right. Well, I mean, I'm I know obviously I'm soured on these playoffs and the hockey playoffs through this, the lens of being a Boston sports fan. But I would say this, you know, it's not like they're coin flips. They are coin flips. It's not just an individual game as a coin flip. Every series is a coin flip. I mean, you know, there, there is a phrase being used in these playoffs, the Lonnie Walker game. You guys know the Lonnie Walker game. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Any guy on any team can get hot and win a game because it's all a coin flip. It doesn't matter, you know, who the, who the hall of famers are, who the first team, all NBA guys are. I mean, the Lakers who, who I hate so much, it's like, they've got these, these two superstars and then every game they win is decided by one of those stiffs, Rui Hachimura goes out of his mind. Austin Reeves goes out of his mind. Um, the, uh, oh, it, you know, they would have lost the play in to the Timberwolves. If the T wolves don't suspend Gobert, that's another factor, but everything has to line up for the Lakers. So they're going to lose that game, but D'Angelo Russell throws in three threes at the end of the game to force overtime. Like D'Angelo Russell, he's a, he's a difference maker in the playoffs. Yeah. in these playoffs, Lonnie Walker's a difference maker. Any guy who wanders on the court is a difference maker. Now, if you're like us and you grew up on Bird, Magic, and Jordan, it's like, yeah, those were the guys who decided the game. Like, it's so random now. And, you know, 
The Grizzlies would have won that overtime loss if John Morant just lays the ball off to Tillman instead of trying to jump over LeBron and getting in another car crash. And it's like all these, I don't know, it has a real coin flip feel to it where um, it's not, oh my God, that's so cool that the eight seed won. It's like, oh, it's all random. It's just pointless. That's, I know. I hate that sort of cynicism. Eddie Spaghetti is on the other side of that. So he tries to keep it real for us or he balances us out a little bit. And so too does our weekly um, segment called Goat and Goat. You know, goat has broad meaning as uh, anyone who watches sports can figure out. We devoted it. We said a couple few weeks ago, we should call it the Anthony Davis goat and goat because game to game, he is either the greatest of all time or the guy who you would blame for the Lakers loss. Now that pervades throughout pro basketball. There are, with a couple of exceptions, every guy rises up and then falls back down. So maybe we'll just call it the 2023 NBA playoffs goat and goat of the week. Hench, why don't you start us off? All right. Well, this is how this is how sick I am of the NBA and NHL playoffs. My goat greatest of all time of the week. And it's always nice when it actually is the greatest of all time. But we had the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby uh, last Saturday. Mm. And it needs to be mentioned more often that Secretariat's record still stands. I mean, it's 1973. It's been 50 years, 50 years of doping horses. And you guys haven't been able to break Secretariat's record. I mean, it's like, imagine if you just juiced up Barry Bonds for 50 years and couldn't break the record. Like, it's so insane that Secretariat still holds the Kentucky Derby record. But and our and our buddy uh, Ricky over at Super Seventy Sports, he he tweeted out the the entire race, the the nineteen seventy three race, and I think we've all seen the Belmont where Secretariat disappears over the horizon. Like there's not a horse in the mm-hmm, frame right. by the end of the Belmont in seventy three, but thirty lengths, right? Yeah, this right. So this, but the Kentucky Derby. So I watched the seventy three Derby, Secretariat. Be it's it's neck and neck with a horse mm-hmm. named Sham, S H A M Sham. So then, Secretariat wins by two lengths against Sham and shatters the course record, and that record is stood. So then I do a deep dive, and and that they've been able to do frame by frame the the second fastest Kentucky Derby of all time in the 149 years run by Sham. So if, mm. if you're in the paddock and you're talking to the other horses and, and you're like, yeah, I had the second fastest time in the 149 year history of the Kentucky Derby. They go, hey, man, congratulations on winning the Kentucky Derby. No, no. It was the year that the fastest time also happened. Like what? This is the worst luck, like astrologically, like. You ran the second fastest time in the 149 year history of the Kentucky Derby. You finished second. Yeah. The one, one, it is, it really, it does speak to what a sad state of affairs is with Kevin Hench and his Boston sports that you're deep diving on the, on the triple crown one, but two, um, Maybe that proves, like we always talk about, like it stinks to be the Houston Oilers of 1979 or the Dallas Cowboys of 1993 no, or 94. Nobody thought anything other than like you're either one or you're one a, 
And sometimes you rise to the occasion because you keep up with the Joneses, right? Or the secretariats. Well, I don't, the Houston Oilers, I don't, what, I don't. The Houston Oilers, they were the best team. If they, they, they oh, should okay. have beaten Pittsburgh. Okay. If, I mean, I shouldn't have beaten them, but had they, they certainly would have gone on to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So poor. So, so shit. Maybe that's a too deep in the, in the rear view. No, to just think about it. Like that. Okay. Imagine this. Imagine this. Uh, Roger Bannister breaks the four minute mile. What is that? 1954. Sounds right. His secretariat goes under two minutes. That's the demarcation. Uh, at, at, so, so Roger Bannister breaks the, the four minute mile and then nobody does it for 50 years. It, it's completely insane. And it then, is wild. Yes. You're then, right about and that. And then you, and then you also ran three fifty nine eight in 1954, but you finished second to Roger Bannister and nobody <laughs> broke four minutes again. It's so nuts. Anyway, Chim, Chim, Sham is out there somewhere. Bitter Sham, as hell. Sham passed away in, in uh, 1993. Interesting uh, footnote. Um, both Sham and Secretariat abnormally large hearts, like oh. twice the size of a horse heart. So once Bob Baffert can figure out how to get a larger heart into a horse, you're going to see like all of Bob Baffert's horses are going to have the, a, a, a little scissor scar down the front. Like <laughs> I just, I put a bigger heart in. And, uh, I wonder too. I always, I can't get over that. They like, obviously they can't, uh, you know, um, interview the horse after the race, but it would be great if they could. Um, so instead they talk to the jockey and I'm always like, are we, you know, people love that debate about our auto racers, I don't don't let Adam Carolla hear us talking about this, but like whether the race car drivers are true athletes or not, like we don't think the jockeys are. We give what three quarters of the victory. We 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 give credit to the horse, right? But like the car drivers, it's it's same thing. It's horsepower that they're that they're steering. It's the car. It's not the driver. Well, we don't need to get derailed with this conversation well, right what's now. What's funny but, about those two non-athletes that you mention is that for both of them, the number one qualification is be tiny, right? Like don't don't like don't be heavy. That's you know. So it, it is it is ridiculous that you're like, hey man, you're freakishly small. Can we strap you onto this horse and then just beat the hell out of it with this stick? We don't have, here's the thing for all of the pushback that people who love, uh, auto racing, um, enjoy what you want to enjoy. Uh, that, that that's up to you, but people always get very offended when you say like, that's not a, that's not an athlete. There's not a ton, unless I'm mistaken. Like, I do think we could drop Kevin Hench into a car. Like what, what would prevent you? Like he, that guy drives good. Like what, what, what drives good? Come on. How far are we going to stretch this thing? Is well, somebody that much like how much athletic talent does it take to be like, okay, Mo Damashek probably wouldn't win the Daytona 500 behind the best car, but I think like a decent athlete would hey, give him, give him a few months to get used to driving that fast and everything. How hard could it possibly be really? Well, at my current weight, it would just, you know, I'd have the, the saddlebags in the car. Right. I mean, you remember when we did sports geniuses, that we had an auto racing category called mini drivers 
because they're all so small. I mean, Jeff Gordon's is a little wee thing. Like he could be a jockey. He's so little. Uh, so now Dan Gurney uh, was a big guy. I think he was six, four and they had to, they had to put a bubble in the roof. So, so his head could fit in, in the seat. Um, but uh, I don't think like, 24-hour Le Mans is quite the same as uh as as going in a circle where you just want your car to be super light. Um yeah, well, I'm sure we'll hear uh, uh from our our NASCAR fans about what great athleticism it is to turn uh left for for a couple hours. I didn't mean yeah. to impugn the the auto racers out there. Yes, spaghetti. I can come in and help before people tweeted us. I I do think I'm not sure this is the the case in NASCAR, but in some of the higher end racing stuff like I think F1 it's like 140 degrees plus in the cockpit uh, and you're pulling like several G's. So not only are you sweating profusely, but you probably can get nauseous if you're not used to it. So I think that it, there is some athleticism involved in that sense. I'm not sure about the NASCAR. Portion. That's not athleticism though. It's like being, uh, you know, Maverick, isn't it? Being in an F-15, which none of us could do. I like a sport where the training is uh, a lot of time in the sauna. Hey man, I'm going to take a Schwitz. <laughs> really again? Yeah, I'm training, training for the F1 championships. But you know, I was. Well, you say we couldn't do it, spaghetti, but you don't know that. That's yeah. my point. Well, I, I, I know. I, I know. I couldn't post up uh, even Jalen Brown. Forget forget somebody with great life. I mean, I know things I can't do. I you couldn't post I up Jeff, Jeff Gordon. You couldn't post up Mark Martin. That's it. That's um, what so, I what I don't know that I couldn't do is drive pretty good. I think I drive pretty well on the freeway. You know, we had this debate. I do love the debate about what is athletic, what's athleticism, what's a sport. Obviously, uh, you know, people were like, Hench doesn't think running is a sport. And I was like, I had a moment. I mean, you guys live in Los Angeles. It's a it's like it's like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. Like there's a daily occurrence where the housekeeper runs to catch the bus. Like you've seen it everywhere. It's everywhere. Right. It's like, she's got a bus to make the bus. And I'm like, Oh, look, she's playing a sport. Right. By your definition, uh, joggers of the world, she's playing a sport. Like man, man when, of the people watching when, through, watching through his, uh, his, uh, Picture look, nobody's rooting harder for her to make it to the bus than <laughs> I am. I'm just not, I'm saying she's not playing a sport. Now when Gigi and I play pig and we're both shooting hoops on a 10 foot basket, we're playing a sport. Like right. this idea that anybody who f breaks a, like into a, into a half sprint, like that's a sport. No running is not a sport. You need to be able to run for a sport. Uh, but anyway, I, here's I, a controversial take. Here we go. If I had to choose who's the better athlete, I'm going jockey over driver. How say you? Me too. That guy, like, I mean, he's tiny and that's a requirement of the thing. Same thing as playing center in the NBA. You better be tall. You know, okay. That doesn't, that doesn't by definition make him not an athlete because he's tiny. Like you have to actually do something with the yeah, beast. I mean, like you have to a, relate to an, another creature and everything. A driver, like, yeah. you know, a driver is, is making those high speed, you know, life or death decisions, but it, it is just maneuvering uh, the internal combustion engine around the track. Whereas a jockey 
at high speed in traffic has to still have the wherewithal to abuse an animal. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty like, I mean, by the way, what did we lose seven horses at the Derby this year? Like, Hey guys, what in the hell? uh, how does this continue? You you gotta, you gotta like change the cocktail or something. Like if McGuire (laughs) died rounding second and then Bonds drop dead the next week and be like, okay, okay. So uh, take the a end- half dozen clean. cleanup hitters have been lost from the American <laughs> League this yeah. month. We have yeah, to do baby. something. We got to get the andro dosage down a little bit. Oh Lord. All right. So that's my good goat secretary. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then my bad goat. It only uh, took 25 minutes okay. to get there. My bad goat that's my is, fault. is, uh, is, um, you know, this is, this is dangerous because this, this hall of famer is uh, suing people left, left and right for defaming his good name. So I'll, I'll, I'll walk a tightrope here, but I just invite all our listeners just read Brett Favre's texts. Just read the texts, just read the shakedown texts and like, hey, if he wants to say, I didn't know I was breaking the law, God bless. Okay, whatever that that can be adjudicated by somebody else. But here's what I'll say. You may not have thought you were breaking the law with all the people you were texting with who did get indicted. Your texts do seem to suggest a conscience of guilt, but giving you all the benefit of the doubt, all the benefit of the doubt. You did know the reason you're texting the governor as opposed to an oil billionaire, you be, you are trying to get the taxpayers to pay for the volleyball arena. That's what you're doing. You're saying, I would like somebody else, somebody else's hard earned tax dollars to pay for my daughter's volleyball arena. Even if you forgetting about the federal The embezzlement, the criminality that Nancy knew was uh, uh, indicted for. You're you're begging the governor for governors only have one kind of money. Governors don't have a separate fund of private equity. The governor has the people's money and you're trying to get some of it to so that you can get the people to pay for the commitment you've made to Southern Mist. So forgetting the criminality for a moment, the scumbaggery is still off the charts which by the way is like a mini version um, of all billionaire scumbag conservative. Let's get the taxpayers to build my stadium. Like, because Republicans hate taxes until they're taking the tax dollars and building their football stadium. Right. That's, you know, so, so far is a microcosm of that hypocrisy that, you know, his, his best friend, Donald Trump is certainly guilty of too. Oh, we'll take tax dollars for our stuff for sure while complaining about taxes left and right. So, you know, if far fell out of the news there for a while, but somebody at ESPN was kind enough to just stack the entirety of his text messages on top of each other. And so it's like, hey, make your own judgment. Read all those texts and tell me what a great guy Brett Favre is. I don't think he has many supporters at this point left, except if they're dyed in the wool on his side of whichever the argument is, there'd be no way to be supportive of that. It, it, it The thing is, you know, <clears throat> I don't want to be out there. I don't want to be a scold. I don't want to be uh, demanding that people lose their jobs, but it strikes me that like with the Huggins thing this week, you know, you don't have any, just, just on this, just from the, um, lucidity assessment like 
you don't have any, you don't talk to the media enough that you don't know you shouldn't do that. Like, I, I can't trust you if this is what you're doing. You're, you're, you're responsible for a lot. And if you hear yourself, that word fall out of your mouth and then you like, oh, wait, I didn't completely articulate myself. So I'm going to go back two seconds later and make sure I really hammer the word again. Like, where's your sense, man? Well, what, what's going on? It's well, the same thing. Like, what are you texting to people? You know that they're public, right? You don't know that. Then you can't be trusted as a grown up at this late into the 21st millennium. Well, obviously, when it comes to uh, digital correspondence, I, right? Brett Favre, is, that has already proven yeah. to be a bit, bit of a knucklehead. Um, the, the crazy thing about Huggins, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to necessarily throw Blank Hyper into that boat because he didn't double back uh, and repeat it. But you know, like whether it's Metallica or any other documentary subject, you know, they go like they get used to the cameras, and you, you'll, you'll, you'll get the real, you'll get the. That's what I'm saying. Article, right. You'll get the genuine article. So my question with like Huggy Bear is like, okay. Um, doesn't seem like you trotted this phrase out for the first time. Doesn't seem like this was the test run for you. This this actually felt like it's not that you're not media savvy. It's that you're so comfortable in this environment that you're going to talk the way you talk. And then it's like, and if, if you're just talking the way you talk, kind of like me trying not to give uh, spaghetti 500 F-bombs to clean up after we finish taping, like he's just going to talk the way he talks and you're going to get the other F-bomb uh, twice. Um, it, it's like, oh, right. That's uh, that that tells us a lot about the way Huggy talks, which I don't think surprises any of us. Um, but yeah, you're like, is it so second nature that even when they're recording you, you can't. It, it goes both ways. I always say I am in charge. One thing I won't do at, you know, 20 years in talking into a microphone, people are like, Dave, you like to crack wise. Be careful. If you give a conventional environment to Dave and he's going to be a wiseacre, people producers be like, be careful. Just under, like, don't worry about me. I'm not going to slip an F-bomb up. But people try to play games with that. And then they are the ones who slip up. Um, I, I'm not as right. I, I think it's. In what it says about, I hear you on the human level. He probably does that. Some, but it's insane. This is he's not in year two of talking into my. This has been what thirty five years of his life. <laughs> in really, I, I thought that was bizarre. The the Kuiper thing. It was like I don't. I I'm not. I, I get why people are saying that. I I get it, and I what, don't. What is the? Uh, is there a uh, prevailing wisdom about what happened? I mean, yeah, he tried to say he went to the Negro League Museum, is what I right. think he said. But I mean, you know, it's kind of like I never traveled. Like I never, I never took an extra step because I knew the rules of basketball. Like, I know, like, it's always weird. Now, obviously, NBA guys, there are no rules. So how would you know when to stop taking steps in the NBA? But, like, it feels weird when you're like, gosh, you know, I haven't dribbled in a while, and I'm still, my legs are still going, and I'm at the basket. <laughs> so I just, like, it's like that that word, that accidentally saying that word almost feels like an impossibility if. I hear you. If your mouth, like, I don't know, listen, I mean, I am, I'm, I'm really, I've come a long way in my program 
of recovery with the R word because, you know, no one's buying my my Boston roots that I should be grandfathered in with the R word. They're like, that's not even a funny joke, Hench. Like, I can't, you can't. So I, you know, I've got a, a, a Maoist, a 15-year-old Maoist that I live with. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't joke about the R word. So I've gotten very good. Like I've really, I'm really reformed. The R word is for reform. <laughs> Congratulations. I didn't know you had a uh, teenage Maoist. In, in, you didn't in know it was a, you didn't know that was my personal struggle. Uh, like 2023. There's no word, by the way, like you have to drop all the way down to moron, dumb, dumb, like, wow. Wow. Is the chasm. Oh man. That is not, that is, that is not dumb. Dumb is not what I was trying to convey. Anyway, I got you. I'm, with, I'm, you. I'm with you. I'm getting better. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar's Sportsbook? Ah, before you answer, two words, Caesar's Rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesar's can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, I'll go through my goat and goats uh, quickly here for you. Um, I Although I do have to say, <clears throat> you know, back in Pittsburgh, we have we have all this stuff always going on with the old man and Mo Damashek and everything. And uh, Alex Petrangelo reminded me 
with his with his hackery, his Adam Grave style, you know, hackery kind of stuff, intent to injure at the end of the game on uh, on Wednesday night. It reminded me of my first grade teacher, Petraglia, who accused me wrongly, was was told by my classmates, Linda and Tierney, that it was reported to my first grade teacher that Donnie Gruber and and David threw a stick at them. And I was called in and I wasn't trying to roll over on Donnie, but I was accused of throwing a stick. And I said in the moment, I'm like, what sense does that make? Where where's your analytic? Where's your ability to analyze a situation? First grade teacher. How could two kids throw one stick? Were we throwing a log? Two kids threw a stick. I mean, it makes no sense on face. And I argued and she she said, nevertheless, she was judge, jury and executioner that day. And she said and she said, no recess for two weeks for you or Donnie. And I said, outrageous. I need to go to the bathroom. I went in there and I met with the man in the mirror, the first grade, the six year old in the mirror. And the two of us agreed this was unjust. And Mo Damashek needed to hear about it. Oh, no. So. So, so, so I, it was winter time. So I got my lunchbox and I got my winter coat and I left. I didn't tell anybody because I had business to tend to. And so I went home and Mo Damashek wasn't home yet. I walked home. And uh, so I hid, you know, in, in, in houses in most parts of the country, you have those wells with the mirrors that you can see into the basement from, you know, like they don't, you don't see those in Southern California because there aren't basements because of earthquakes. But anyway, so I hid in the well. Little did I know, I found out decades later that the entire elementary school shut down to to undertake a search for the missing child who just disappeared in the middle of the school day. Nobody knew what was going on. So the entire school shut down and they went out in groups searching for David. Where did he go? And I heard what I thought was my mother calling my name. It turned out because I was in the well and the the, uh, audio was a little weird. Um, so I, I, I thought I heard her call my name. I came out was one of the lunch ladies and she nabbed me and she took me back to school and she left me in the backseat of the car until, uh, Miss P came out to talk to me and, uh, backstory quickly. Wait, Miss P? Well, I don't want to say her full name too much, but was it Petrangelo? It better have been Petrangelo because it was a lot like Petrangelo. Yeah, it was a lot like it was. It sounded very much like Petrangelo. Because I'm not following the the story story. until it gets back to Petrangelo. Okay, so so about two weeks prior, I don't know what weirdo idea this was in the Pittsburgh area for elementary school kids, but once a week we would go to the local high school as a class. After out, like in the evening, so the parents coordinated this and would run laps, would just run laps at the high school track. Like, what the hell kind of punishment was this? We're not inmates, we're little children. Anyway, oh, wait, we wait, so you guys were, uh, you guys were playing a sport, right? You exactly. Playing, so, out there playing sports. So, Miss P shows up one day in support, I guess, or whatever, and she wore shorts, you know, whatever. And, uh, I said to her offhand, I said, um, I may have mentioned that I thought she had, uh, she had the legs of a pig, which was not nice, but it was also inaccurate because if you look at a pig, you know, the legs, they look too thin to support that giant torso. So I was way off base, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even an accurate assessment. She was offended and she called Mo Damashek and said, your son was disrespectful to me. 
And he said this to me and Mo did not like that. And she made me write on a piece of construction paper with crayon. I am sorry. And I remember in reading class, you know how you had the reading groups in the crossover from the reading group from one to the other. I gave her the note and I remember her going like this with the with the note. I remember her going like opening it like, thank you, like that at me. And then two weeks later, this this incident, the stick incident happened. So she came out and she yelled at me. Oh my God. Like, How this, is like a, this is like a Tarantino movie. I didn't know the timeline had flipped. Right. And that's I didn't know we were in, which came first. Oh my God. So, so she comes out, leg, she's yelling at me and she said, you shut this before the sticks. Okay. She said, you scared us. And I, I said, you can't have recess. And I said, I told you I didn't throw that stick. And she, and she said, you apologize. And I said, you already got your apology. Cause it was, that was all, that was, you know, a catch-all. That's how I intended blanket. it. Blanket. And Pigs then in a, I went home. In a blanket. Right. Pigs in a blanket apology. There you go. Big you legs in a blanket apology. So I went back and I told Mo at the end of the school day what had happened. And sure enough, Miss P blew in another call to Mo. And she said, he really, this is out of hand. He doesn't respect authority. And you know what Mo Damashek said? He told you he didn't throw that stick. That's the support that we all need from our parents, Mo Damashek. She gets my goat of the week for that great deed way back oh when. Oh, my God. And so, too, because that's consistent. Okay. And I like consistency. Man. And I, and the Philadelphia Flyers in the year uh, of our Lord, 2023, hiring Keith Jones. I, <laughs> I, I, I The Flyers, I hate. I love that. I like a team that has an identity. I, you know, your Patriots, the thing that I didn't like about them could never vibe to philosophically is the idea that they're chameleons. They'll do it however you want to do it. That's not satisfying. It's like we play our kind of ball, deal with it. I like that. I like that the Philadelphia Flyers, 40 something years in to not having won a Stanley Cup, are like, they'll got to be the Broad Street bullies. Keith Jones is who you're going with as somebody who gets to play the Flyers a lot and competes in the same division. I hail it. I think it's hysterical. And now one other thing, my bad goat. Well, just real quick, because, you ahead. know, Craig Ruby just lifted a cup. So I feel like there is, you know, toughness is in short supply, right? So I I, I hail it too. Um, I feel like when you when teams start hitting, that, that translates to wins. Well, let's hope that that's what uh, what works in uh, on the banks of the three rivers. This, by office. the way, the that Celtics have an identity. Doing. The Celtics have an identity. They yeah. win all the blowouts and lose all the close ones. That's their identity. <laughs> I'm not saying that all uh, identities are equal. I'm just saying I like when the team has when I know what uh, what a team's about. Um, and then uh, very quickly, my bad goat. Eight year old boys are playing Encino Little League the other night improbably the Yanks rally from seven down to force extras. One of the kids doesn't feel well. So he leaves in the, in the final frame in, before it goes into extras. He goes home sick from our side. First, uh, first extra in his seventh inning, whatever that kid's spot comes up in the, in the order. And obviously he's not there. He went home sick. So the next kid goes up the Cubs coach. Of eight-year-old boys, you understand, comes out and says, well, that's an out because they skipped him in the order. And the ump is like, do you really want me to, you really want me to, because I have to, if you're calling me on this, but come on. And I, you know, it's like, 
it's great. It's fun. Everybody's really nice there. I can't endorse Encino Little League as an institution more, but it's like, be cool. These are volunteers. You don't need to get on the umps. You don't need whatever. Everything. I booed, but good. I, I who does that to eight year olds? Extra inning game. Like you, you call you, you make sure that the kid gets called out because one went home sick. I was outraged. And then they do the thing when they come up uh, uh, on the baseline after the game and they go like, thank you, parents. And then you have to cheer for them. And uh, everybody's like, great job, kids. And I was like, great job by the kids. What kind of thing is that? I thought that stunk. And, I, and well, I'm going to speak out about it. As obviously, much as I can. It, it stinks. Um, do we you know what you have a name for this guy? I don't, I, I don't know his name, and I'll okay. and, and I appreciate never knowing him any better than I do now. I know oh, everything I, I need I to think, know about that I guy's worldview. What all, a bum! I thought his name was going to be Petrangelo. It was going to tie <laughs> the whole thing together because I don't know. I don't like. By the way, I followed the timeline in Dunkirk. I'm the only guy who could find follow the timeline in Dunkirk, and I'm like, wait that a minute, was very confusing. Now Mrs. Petrangelo's pig legs are in front of Damashek, but it's two weeks before the stick incident. That was insane. All right. That was uh, still a fun story. Spaghetti, give it to us, and then uh, let's get our best bets going here. Hench has to get back on the picket line. That's right. I'll, I'll start off with uh, some positivity of my good goat. It's going to be Anthony Volpe. Uh, hit his first career Grand Slam early portion of the season. His hero, Derek Jeter, took 155 Bases loaded, uh, plate appearances finally get his. This guy's 22 years old. He did it, uh, five foot nothing, 100 and nothing. Um, and you know, it's a weird season for the Yankees. They just got judged back a nice sweep of the, uh, the A's. Looks like Severino's gonna come off the IL pretty soon. Big, big weekend series at home in the Bronx versus the Rays. But you know, uh, his batting average is a little bit low, but stealing a ton of bases, four home runs already. Uh, Volpe, you know, judged the captain. Now, this guy could be the captain of the future, and just great to see him succeed. Uh, early on in his career, the one real bright spot uh, of the Yankees. So I got to give him a shout out there. And uh, for my bad go and look, I want to give it to the NFL schedule makers for the Giants, the only team in the history to to have, you know, seven road games in the first 10 uh, games of their season. But I oh, I my God, I, is that right? That is it. But I, I want to give it to them, but I can't. I have to give it to you, Shaq, because last week you gave it to me and Hench. And I got to I got to fire back because. You now hate every sports team that was not uh, around when the color TV was invented and any team that's, you know, above, below the Mason Dixon line. That's you not hate. True. You want Canada to hoist the Stanley Cup trophy over American teams, which I'm so against. You hate you despise Florida uh, based right. teams. Uh, even though the 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 Lightning, they were in the Cup in what 2004 versus the Flames or the the great Vanille Cavier, Marty St. Louis, uh, Hobby Bullen teams. Um, I I have to stick up for those teams that you hate. I think that the Panthers, you know, you don't have to stick up for them. I am, you I am, because it's great. No because it's you're it's great. From the North. There's great stories. There's great Getty. stories involved. If you were Getty, in the Civil I, I will War, say this, who would Getty. you have fought with? Uh, who would you have been? What team would you have been on? The Union side or with the? Or with the Greys. What do we, you don't exactly. owe them Spaghetti, when, the, when the Great War breaks out, Canada is going to fight on behalf of the United States of America and Florida is not. I promise you. <laughs> it, but I like to have the cup stay in the States. I don't want to give it up to, to the Oilers or, uh, you know, I just, you know, the Leafs aren't going to get it. So whatever about them. But I, I think... It's also a really good thing. What would happen to the NHL if they expanded to Vegas and they stunk or they expanded to Seattle and they stunk? No, instead, 
Vegas, led by Rangers former coach Gerard Gallant, makes the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, they lose to the Capitals. Great story. You know, fan base is going crazy. Can't even get tickets to those games. It's, it's an event every single night for the the forty plus home games they have. And the same thing with Seattle. Like we, you, Shaq, and you've been pushing the charge, which I agree with, that the Pacific Northwest should have more teams. They you got to get one up there in Portland to have a nice little rivalry going. And they get one in Seattle, who lost an NBA franchise. And Kraken tickets are one of the hardest tickets to get in the entire league. They make the, uh, you know, during a deep playoff run, a really good chance at making the Stanley Cup Finals, in my opinion, with no star players whatsoever. They're all cast-offs. I think it's great for the league to to have these teams that have be great stories. And evidence, I, I have of- evidence on my side. The ratings were sky- the, the highest ever in the first round of the NHL playoffs. So I, I feel that vindicated. That doesn't prove anything. The, when People the, are watching. When the, well, when the institution teams, when the Bruins in New York and Pittsburgh and the popular teams were still in it, yeah, more people were watching. I don't think the ratings probably support it now as all those teams have moved on. I don't you see, I'm Tom Hanks at the end of Saving Private Ryan talking to Kraken fan. It's not I don't have any axe to grind with you. You just haven't been in it as much. All I'm saying is earn this. I don't think they've earned this. They have to earn... Uh, don't you see what I've given? Yes, I've won my Lombardis and my many Stanley Cups. I, you know, I, I'm steeped in success from where you sit. You probably, I know you admire my my great success as a fan, but I've also paid my dues too. I've died many times over. Earn this, Kraken. You haven't earned anything. You're in year two. You don't deserve a Stanley Cup. Of course, the Edmonton Oilers deserve it more than you, and it's better for the sport. I I agree. But I think if you're if you're Tom Hanks in any movie, it's the terminal. Just two hours trapped in an airport with Damashek, (laughs) listening to Mrs. Petrangelo yell at him. Speaking of Petrangelo, Darnell Nurse already suspended one game. Looks like uh, Petrangelo will probably get a suspension too for that slash. So they'll I would hope so. (laughs) Imagine if it winds up that he doesn't get suspended and Nurse does. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. So it looks like they'll be out. But yeah, that's my uh, my bad goat. Awesome I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to give it to you, but I had to. And now a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's a good transition to best oh, yeah. bets because, um, you know, the, the the Golden Knights and Oilers have, have alternated, right? Vegas, Edmonton, Vegas, Edmonton. That ends game five. I think, uh, you know, watching the Oilers in these playoffs, like they're figuring it out. Like they're getting, it's a weird work in progress, but Mm -hmm. like the longer they are alive, the more dangerous they're going to be. And I feel like pivotal game five, obviously. And, uh, you know, not, not, you know, they shouldn't need to be awakened at this point in, in the playoffs, but I do think the, the, the bogus, uh, meaningless intent to injure slash is, is should be a good motivator for them. I like them. They're minus one thirty, which is not a great price. Um, if you want a great price and you're probably not, you're probably not getting it in time. Uh, but Sixers plus one twenty as we record tonight 
That's crazy. They've had the two best players in the series, and they're home, plus 120. I agree. Sal and I went back and forth on this. He's like, well, the Heat are now the the best play out of the East. Like, not really. If the Celtics, if you don't think they're going to do it, the Sixers are the bad. Because do you th- who are the Sixers going to be favored over both the Knickerbockers and the Heat? Yes. So why wouldn't the – with basically equivalent uh, – um, juice attached to him the Sixers seem like the obvious play to me but the and I think you know it's and I think Maxi and, and Tobias Harris are nice players like those complimentary guys um you know when when the ball rotates and they end up with the shot those are good players like the Sixers it kills me to say this but they're pretty good I mean and and if the Sixers finish off the Celtics they will go to the finals right and and uh and man if it's uh if it's the Sixers Lakers I'm going to have to do I'm going to have to get another hobby. 1982, right? Uh well, was that 83. 80, 81 80, Bird and Company beat the Rockets. But 80 is magic magic, oh, magic over the Sixers. But that 82 is, is is magic 42 15 and 7 uh to beat the Sixers in 80. Then, then the 80. Lakers sweep the Sixers I think in 82. And then the Sixers say, enough effing around. Uh, We're going to get Moses Malone. And then the Sixers right. finally break through for their one title. You're right. You're right. Um, oh, you know what we didn't even get to do today as we uh, go? We'll, we'll save this one. It's funny. We got into a thing and Eddie Spaghetti was going back and forth with somebody on uh, on Twitter about it. Because somehow it came off of me saying that Eric Lindros didn't fully live up to his potential. And you can say injuries and everything. Um, I feel like he wasn't, you know, Connor Bedard. It's I, 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 it came out of Bedard like it's like can't miss. Unlike NFL QBs who are considered can't miss, these guys first overall picks like once every five years or so in the NHL, there somebody, you know, a guy is like can't miss. A couple of those guys have missed. Pierre Turgeon has. Um, Dag missed with the Sens, and I said Lindros was great. He just was didn't wasn't one of the all-time great players. Anyway, we'll have that debate later. I, don't, I we'll, we'll put a pin in that one. Pierre Turgeon and Dag in the same sentence. I listen, I'm not talking about bust. I'm talking about didn't live up to their hype. Wow. Wow. You know what? I didn't next say week. they're equivalent. I said, neither, not, neither one of those guys lived up to the hype. That's all I said. Next week, yeah, Turgeon would have had to score 700 goals. I mean, what would live up to the hype? Um, he was week. supposed to be, it was supposed to be like, did you see what Lemieux did when he was considered to be the next Gretzky? That's what Pierre Turgeon was supposed to do. That never happened. That's my point. All right. Next week, uh, used to be a good Mr. Lister. Um, Damashek elementary school teachers who could have worked on their bodies a little bit more. <laughs> Looking what at you, story. Mr. McBride. What a story. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> All right. I I'm am going to say, you know what? I, don't, I don't want to tell Breen what to do, but I'm endlessly delighted by him. Obviously, the guy's a genius. But uh, the the if he could find Mrs. P, a good representative photo of her, obviously in running shorts would be great, and put her running side by side with Secretariat, it would really capture <laughs> uh, down the stretch they come. Don't big get legs. me sued, but all right, yeah. Big legs against Big Red. Here they come. All right, we're required with best bets. We got to say who's going to win 
Dubs Lakers series. Let's let's at least all weigh in on that one. Golden State plus one eighty five at the time of this recording. Lakers minus two twenty five. I, I everybody handed the series to the Lakers uh, a few nights ago. I think it is in question. Hench, your bet on the on the series there. Don't I mean just bet the Lakers to win Game Six. You'll get yeah, you don't want to put it on yeah, a better man. price. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something that that was very telling in Game Five, right? So. The Warriors landed all their haymakers, right? The, the, they they kept go they, they kept going to timeout like, well, that's it for this game. And then the Lakers would like crawl back to within nine. And like the Warriors really could not, even when Jarvin Ham emptied the bench, it was like not mathematically impossible. And I almost felt like the way, I mean, the way they weathered the best the Warriors had to give them uh, at home. I didn't think bode well for the Warriors on the road. So I would Mm. take the Lakers um, against a team that I think won seven games in the regular season on the road. Uh, And I, you know, I I watch Clay Thompson and I'm like, there's got to be a better player on your roster than this guy. I don't like, you know, if he's not making shots, it's like, how is he impacting the game? Can you imagine this Warriors team with Lonnie Walker, the fourth? Oh no. <laughs> so my all my nightmares come true. Lakers win, Sixers win. Heat. I th- you know what? I I keep I'm all over the place as you should be. You're not paying attention if you're not uh if your opinions aren't swinging on what we're seeing so far. I now think that we as I keep saying now I think I got duped like a lot of people into like, ah, the Nuggets are never going to do anything. I think they wind up going to the finals, as a matter of fact. I think that, I don't, not necessarily because they're a mile high, but they they have been, if you kind of look at it, they're the kind of the most consistent to this point that they deliver in Denver. Um, and I do feel a little bit bad for Aiden. He's he's outmoded in this game now. I don't think, I mean, he's, he can't do anything offensively, but I think he's doing a fine job on Jokic. Jokic is just a crazy unicorn to watch. Um, Do you think it's possible that the Celtics are also a mile high? Is that why? Would that explain these endgame executions? They're high on tree. That's what they are. Um, Okay, Spaghetti, a best bet there for us. Uh, I'm just going with whatever team was established when a Roosevelt was in office. That's how uh, no. my, uh, my, well, obviously in terms of hockey, you know, I have the futures bet on the, uh, the stars to win the cup, but I also have the, the Kraken Panthers matchup, which be, would be an all time cup matchup. So I'm rooting for that. Uh, uh-huh. I am, I am going to give uh, for me. If I win, uh, I am going to give out a Yankees bet uh, for tomorrow's game, which is a little bit surprising. But hear me out on this one. They are playing the Rays, uh, which I said before. Obviously, Rays are the far superior team, but the Yankees are kind of figuring things out, scoring a bunch of runs. Best news they have is they have Garrett Cole pitching at home. He's 3-0 at home. ERA less than 1, 0.82, 41Ks, uh, reversely going against Josh Fleming, who is like a quasi-reliever, but he is starting on, on the road. He's miserable. ERA almost at 7. His whip is over 2. Uh, I like the Yankees. They don't have the number on Caesars yet, but on, if you go on the money line, they'll probably be around minus 105 or so or around 100. So uh, I'm going to go with the Yankees uh, winning tomorrow's game with Garrett Cole on the mound. So hopefully 45 get the job done there all right also tell volpe to go by tony 
It's a, it's, it's more. I, I actually Tony Volpe is Tony a great Volpe, name. Italian stallion. Love that. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Great stuff. Hench got back to the picket line. Great work out there by you and all of your colleagues uh, there. Eddie Spaghetti. Happy 31st again. Uh, go and listen to extra points. We uh, towards the end of the most recent episode, we go over what he did for his birthday. It's pretty funny stuff. Go listen to that. In fact, go listen to all the great content on the Extra Points Network. We'll be back after the sports weekend to bring it all down for you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.